There Is No Godcast is sponsored by Mixed Fabric, the go-to source for all your atheist and skeptic-related t-shirt needs. Mixed Fabric prides itself on ethical sourcing and producing top-quality shirts you'll feel good wearing and feel good buying. Godcast, the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. And now, here's your host, Noah Bush. How's it going? I just love our theme music. It's so catchy and adorable and uplifting and it's nice. Uh, What's going on? It's me, Noah, your host. Welcome back to There Is No Godcast, the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. Uh, What's up, all you non-believers? We've got a good show for you today, he says, as he hasn't recorded anything else other than that sentence. So uh, let me rephrase. I hope we're going to have a really good show for you today. I'm optimistic about it. We've got some good stuff to cover. Um, I'm kind of pissed. Sorry to go all hard PG-13 on you right out of the gate, but if anybody who's listening to this follows the Facebook page, you'll know that I've got I've got something on my mind, something I want to get to. So we're going to do off the cuff, and we're going to do that right off the bat. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about some stuff that NIA has coming up, which, which kind of fits in actually somewhat with with the off the cuff segment that I want to talk about today. And then we've got a great interview. It's going to this is a this is a big one. I've been I've been waiting for this. I've I've certainly known for plenty of time that this was going to be something we would do. I've been it's kind of been my ace up the sleeve as they say. We are going to introduce to the show uh, none other than Mrs. Ting herself, my wife Molly. We're going to do Atheist Story Time. With Molly, she's definitely got a story to tell, and we've been we've been talking about this. I mean, we've known uh, that she would ultimately, at some point, you know, be a presence on the show. She obviously was gracious enough to do the introductions, which I love. And uh, yeah, we we talked about this. Like, yeah, you should come on. You'll come on the show someday, and we'll do your story, and you know, potentially have her on the show for plenty of other reasons too, because she's she's fantastic and personable and. She's adorable, so everybody loves her. Everybody loves Molly. I'm I'm kind of like the, the the one that people have to put up with, like in order to hang out with her. Like that's that's kind of the dynamic that we have. So she will be on the show. Any of you who listen to the Chicken Hut have heard her on on that show, and I'm sure she's got uh, plenty of fans more more than I have to be sure. So that's going to be exciting, and that's what we're going to have on deck for you today. So right off the bat. As I said, if you're following along with the Facebook page for the show, which is where I, which is where I do the majority of my off-show uh, posting, you know, I we've got the Twitter, and I'm oh God, I'm trying so hard to get better and more active on Twitter, but I don't know, I'm old. Like by, by internet standards, I'm old, and Facebook is just kind of where I live. It's where I hang my social media hat. Uh, it's where I lay my head at social media night. 
So Facebook's kind of where I post most things, but I'm, I promise for all of you uh, tweetsters out there that right that's that's what the kids that's what the kids are saying right the hip tweetsters the twitsters ah christ i don't know but that's where that's i'm gonna try and get better about that so for all of you who are, are big twitter users uh, never you fear we're we're working on it and by we i mean me and by me i mean i'm gonna try and delegate that to, to molly possibly so uh she's way better at twitter than i am anyway yeah so there's this event coming up an evening with loved ones. Oh, it sounds so innocent and beautiful and optimistic. And for the low, low price of $20, you too can commune with your loved ones dearly departed who have shuffled loose this mortal coil. Um, I'm not going to lie. This is going to be tough for me because there's there was unequivocally no way that I was not going to talk about this on the show. You know, there are plenty of uh, let's call them for what they are. They're they're disgusting. They're in, in my opinion, they're they're disgusting. People who do this professionally uh, for for income. I think anyone who does this at all is in some ways morally reprehensible. But the the people who charge money and who actually profit off of other people's grief are they really particularly get me going. So yeah, there was no way that I wasn't going to talk about this on the show, especially now uh, that a perversion of this nature is occurring. In my very own backyard in the Michiana area, um, it's going to be tough, though. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be really tough for me to keep it even PG-13. I've said many times that I really want to keep this show as family-friendly as possible, at least from like strictly from a language standpoint. Uh, I've always made it a point to mark this show as being clean. I don't, I don't want to have an explicit tag next to it because I know that a lot of people that, you know, based on what their parental settings might be, for their, you know, for their kids, even if even if they're like young teenagers and things like that, I I don't want to limit the audience. I mean, <laughs> let's be real, the audience for this show so far is pretty limited um, on its own merits. So I don't need to I don't need to be doing uh, audience limiting factors any favors. So, but this kind of stuff, frankly, it just it pisses me off. It really pisses me off. An evening with loved ones uh, featuring Dustin Livers. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I really don't care. Um, Dustin Livers, this is the this is the name of the young man. He's I'm looking right at the ad, and for anyone who wants to follow along who hasn't already seen it, you can pull it up. It's on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, it, it looks it, it's fine. It's I won't really bother trying to describe it, but it's, his name is featured very prominently, and in his photo, he looks you know he's a very uh, charismatic looking young man. He's, you know, he's got a nice smile and he's just looks very pleasant and, oh, very, you know, very, uh, baby faced. You know, he's got kind of one of those faces that you just want to trust and you want to, you know, see him taking his kids around the neighborhood trick or treating and you want to wave hello to him at a cookout. And he just looks so unassuming and pleasant. And yet he's kind of in some ways, kind of a garbage person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dustin. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really sorry that I'm not sorry about feeling that way. Um, I mean, like, it's like they say, you can't spell livers without liars. Um, Dustin, I'm sorry to have to tell you this. You already know it. Um, but if you're listening to this and please, please, if anybody hearing this has any kind of connection or association with this event, um, or who knows Mr. Livers, please tell him. I, I'm, I'm, I dare you. I'm begging you. I have no shame in what I'm saying right now. I have absolutely no sense of embarrassment about the notion that he could or, or may hear this. I hope he does hear this. Dustin, you're full of shit. 
I'm pretty sure that even on cable, you can say the word shit at least a couple times, and there's just no better way to say it. You're full of shit, man. You can't talk to the dead. You can't communicate with my grandpa. You can't communicate with my dead cat. It, it, it's not real. You're fake. You're a fake. You can't do what you say you're going to do. And shame on you. Shame on you for going around and profiting off of the idea that there are people out there who are desperate enough and who are sad and lonely enough um, in their grief that they would believe a con artist like you for the low, low price of $20 uh, that, they, that they could somehow communicate through you with their their departed loved ones. It's just, man, oh man, does this get me going? Uh, I almost wonder how many times I'm going to need to take a break while I'm while I'm doing this just to kind of calm myself down and not go too far off the deep end. I, I try to be a respectful person. I, I've always kind of maintained that this is not supposed to just be like a bashing show. And I know a lot of what I'm saying right now kind of goes against that. But, you know, in fairness, if, if I am an atheist, if I am someone who is who self-ascribes the notion that I don't believe in the supernatural, or I certainly don't believe in the supernatural the way that Mr. Livers presents himself as, as being gifted supernaturally, then how could I not? How could I not be offended at the idea that somebody would go around and charge people money to, oh God, it just, man, it gets me so worked up if you can't already tell. And you know, there's actually been some discussion um, on my page when I posted this, there's there have been some back and forth and there are people who I think try to sort of take the devil's advocate argument on, on things like this. I actually, in fairness, I should probably say, and I won't be specific, I found this on another group that I'm in um, posted. Uh, and I, so there was some discussion on that original posting in this other uh, Facebook group that I belong in for for local, you know, non-believers and things like that. So I, in my mind, I might conflate some of the conversation from my page with theirs, um, but the spirit of it's all the same. There are some people who will say, well, you know, these types of things do help people, right? That's kind of the argument for these types of events. You know, there are some people who are lonely enough and who are struggling with grief, and this provides them some sense of relief it provides them some sense of closure that can actually be very helpful and therapeutic for people like that. Okay, um, uh, counterpoint, you know what else is therapeutic for people? Therapy. That's why they call it that. That's why they have that word. That's why people who are licensed therapists have to go to school for five or ten or more years to be designated as doctors in that profession of psychology or psychiatry. You know, these are people who are trained with legitimate, you know, I don't know about proven because a lot of the, a lot of, you know, cognitive arts, they're not, they're, well, they're not arts, they're sciences, but they're, you know, they're not, you don't have hard rules. Like you can't just recite a partic particular incantation and then solve someone of their psychiatric problems. But certainly there is a lot more peer-reviewed and studied and solid scientific evidence and research to suggest that what psychiatrists and psychologists do is valid. It's valid, you know, comparatively to what con artists like Dustin Livers do. And I'm reading straight off of the flyer here. Uh, Dustin Livers is a psychic medium, um, that's bullshit number one, who studied at the Arthur Finley College for Psychic Science and Mediumship. That just that pause you just heard was me throwing up in my mouth and swallowing it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to continue on. He has been certified 
by the Forever Family Foundation. And I probably should do myself a favor and read up on what these things are. Um, any of these things that are willing to certify someone who claims to be able to talk to dead people is not an organization that has my respect anyway. Um, but maybe after the show, I'll look into what those things are. And if, I don't know, if I find anything worth talking about at the end of the show, maybe I'll, I, I don't know, revise myself and, and tell you what I found out if there's anything worth mentioning. Uh, Dustin uses his abilities to help people heal from the passing of loved ones by delivering healing messages from the other side. Readings may be funny or sad. No matter the message, Dustin has embraced his skills and is willing to share them with the world. Again, for the low, low price of $20. Um, so this event is Saturday, March 2nd. Seating is at 5. Food and drinks will be available for additional pricing. The actual show starts at 6 o'clock, goes to 8 o'clock. So, yeah, yikes. I don't know how much more clear I can make this. Um, I don't even know why I'm doing it the service of discussing the details on the show, but in terms of the where it, and I'm not going to even mention, I won't, I guess I won't, I won't go so far as to actually talk about where it is because I don't know anything about this. I think it's like a restaurant or whatever, a bar, a restaurant, lounge, tavern, whatever you want to call it. Um, I certainly don't want to defame them. I don't want to pick a fight with anybody. Actually, I kind of do want to pick a fight with Dustin Livers, um, you know, or John Edwards or any of those other, am I getting that right? Is it John Edwards, the other one that the other quack and you've got like your, you know, your Long Island mediums and God, they just, they all are so full of shit. It's coming out their eyeballs and it's, it's not that hard to figure out guys. I mean, like I, there are so many people who I really genuinely consider you know, fairly intellectual, fairly well-spoken, you know, intelligent people who, for whatever reason, believe these parlor tricks. I mean, guys, you can go to these shows. How about this? It's so simple. Lie to them. Lie to them. Just get yourself in a position to volunteer for one of these idiots and lie to them. Just whatever questions they ask you, just make up an answer. Make it up right there on the spot. This is not rocket surgery, guys. Lie to them the whole time. Wait till they're done. Look at how smugly satisfied they are with the BS information that they just got done feeding you. And then just say, oh man, this was great. This was, You're so great and you're so confident in your answers. This was so appreciative. Thank you so much. I feel so much better. By the way, I just made all of that up. Every single bit of it. And see what they say. And you know the sad thing is? They probably have some way, some convoluted argument to get around that. Or say, oh yeah, you know, I actually was sensing that you were messing. Like whatever. Dude, this is not complicated. Okay, lie to them, get them to commit to the notion that they are confident that their answers are authentic, get them to believe that you believe their answers are authentic, and then ask them how it is they, they can stand by everything they just said when you reveal that you just made it all up. Okay, now you go ahead and you try that. I don't need to because I don't need any convincing that these people are full of shit, but if you do, just try that, okay? This is, this is you know, this is... Uh, James Randi 101, okay? And if you don't know who James Randi is, do yourself a favor and Google James Randi. Um, that's James, common spelling, Randi, R-A-N-D-I. He is amazing. And uh, there's a documentary about him um, called An Honest Liar. And I know that I, I saw it, I believe, on Netflix or Hulu or one of those very common streaming platforms. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, but if it is, please do yourself a favor and watch An Honest Liar. Uh, the man has just done so, so much in the field of 
you know, supernatural psychic fortune telling, um, ex exposés. Basically he's, he's just a guy who professionally goes around and debunks, um, idiots like Dustin Livers and man, oh man, he's just the, the things he, I could not be a bigger fan of his from a professional standpoint. And, uh, yeah. So guys, Please don't go to this event. If you're listening to this show, you probably don't need to be convinced of that. But I am genuinely hoping that there are people in my audience who are listening to this who are on the fence about religion or any of this kind of stuff. And gosh, if, if, you, if you are struggling with grief, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I don't believe in the supernatural. At least I certainly don't believe that any man presented concepts of the supernatural are, are correct or accurate particularly where the modern major religions are concerned. Uh, but that is not to say that I don't have a sense of empathy and sympathy and compassion. Like I, I think that, you know, mankind evolved as a social creature. You know, we, we evolved as a species that is able to recognize that we are all better off when we are helpful to one another. I believe that that's something that we inherently possess as, as a species. I, you know, I, I sympathize. I've, I've experienced grief. I mean, we've all lost someone, you know, please don't mistake me. If I really believe that there was a way to communicate with someone who I lost in my life, I would love to do that. But that just, that doesn't change my concept of reality. That doesn't change the laws of space and time and physics as I understand them, as, as science understands them. Once you're dead, you're either A, gone and just done, um, or B, you go to a place that no credible source has ever been able to establish that they have any access to. Dustin Livers among them. So if you are struggling with grief, please contact a professional. And when I say professional, I don't mean someone who graduated, and I'm doing air quotes as hard as I furiously can. I don't mean someone who graduated from the Arthur idiot Finley college for psychic science and me. I don't even know who Arthur Finley is. I don't care. But I, but if there's a college of psychic science and mediumship named after him, then I'm sure he was just as big a quack as Dustin Livers is. If you're experiencing grief, please, please, I beg you do not go to an event like this. Do not support individuals like Dustin Livers. Do not give your hard earned money to people who would be willing to take your hard-earned money to feed you lies. I don't care if they would make you feel better. They're still lies, and even if there are things that might help you, they're also helping people like him to do terrible, exploitative things. There are better ways to help yourself than to feed yourself lies. That's like saying, oh, well, McDonald's tastes good, so why don't I just eat it every day? That's not sound logic. That's not healthy, you know? If you lost someone, I'm very sorry to hear that, whether it was recently or five years ago or 80 years ago. It doesn't matter. If, it's, if you're struggling with grief, rely on the support of family and friends and loved ones. You know, talk to someone. Get things off of your chest. See someone professionally if that's what you need to do. Uh, there are plenty of ways to go about handling grief and, and seeing people who would are absolutely no better than vultures. Actually, that's not really fair to vultures. Vultures are at least doing what what nature dictates they ought to do by picking at the carcasses of dead animals. Um, yeah, and you know what? I, I kind of got off track a few times here, but I wanted to point out that there was some discussion on one of the Facebook groups where someone actually kind of came to his Dustin's defense and said, I've met the guy. He's actually a pretty nice guy. And, th and there were a couple people 
who also joined into the discussion who were like, oh, well, that's great that he's a nice guy for someone who's completely full of shit. You know, like people are perfectly capable of being pleasant socially and well-mannered socially who are still capable of being absolutely repugnant um, in their actions. And, you know, Mr. Libers, if I, you, you've got a nice, pleasant smile and your little picture here and your little winter coat and your, your perfectly coiffed hair. Uh, but dude, I'm telling you right now, you heard it straight from Noah Bush on There Is No Godcast. If you're going around charging people money to tell them that you can communicate with their dead ancestors, then you're full of shit and we have a problem. So if you ever hear this, oh my God, if you want to come on the show, dude, open invite. Come on the show. Demonstrate your psychic prowess to me. You can sit right here. I'll have you over to my house, man. You, can, I'm looking at my guest chair right now. You could sit right in that chair. Open invite. I, I, I dare you. Come here. Come here. And you try and convince me that you're a psychic, okay? You go ahead and you try that, and you can do as much research on me as you want. I mean, there's things you could probably find out about me on the internet or by talking to acquaintances. Like, I know, like, I get how people, like, you make your make your money. Um, so, But go ahead, come over here and you sit in that chair and you, you try to convince me, I dare you. You try to convince me that you are psychic um, and you go ahead and you deliver a message to me from one of my deceased loved ones. Uh, open invite, come on over. I'll, you know, I'll buy a new chair for you to sit in. Um, it would be, it would be my absolute pleasure, but, um, I hope you make no money ever. If you were really doing this out of the compassion of your heart, you'd just show up and you'd do it for free. Uh, and I, I'd still think that it was dishonest. I'd still think you were doing it for attention and for egotistical reasons, but at minimum, if you weren't charging people money and taking their money from them, how dare you? Uh, if you were doing it for free, I might at least be able to convince myself, even though I'd be stretching the limits of my own mental credibility to, to make myself believe that, I could maybe convince myself that you were doing it because of that small bit of help and relief that some people might feel from services uh, that people like you provide. But you don't do it for free. You charge money. This restaurant's going to make money. I'm sure they're paying you to be there, whether it's a fixed amount or whether it's a, a percentage of the door uh, or of the gate. I, I don't know. I don't care. Um, it's sick. It's perverted. It's exploitative. And I wish you absolutely nothing but um, the worst <laughs> in, in all of your endeavors with your, with your psychicness. Um, and you're being full of crap. So if you want to come on the show and explain to me why I'm wrong, I'd be more than happy to have you, Dustin. Um, but in the meantime, um, please just go get yourself a real job and pay taxes and contribute to society in a meaningful way uh, because right now what you're doing is absolutely anything but. Now what I will say on a semi-related note, and I mean like barely semi-related uh, inversely, is, is that if you want to find a way to go and do something helpful and supportive, something that will benefit the community, Northern Indiana Atheists has a fundraiser coming up. Uh, you know, we, we had our bit on the last show with Troy Moss kind of giving us an update on some, some upcoming things. I just want to plug this real quick because there won't be another, I don't have anything from Troy for today, and there won't be another show by the time this happens. Um, but on March 11th, that's a Monday. So it's Monday, March 11th. Northern Indiana Atheist is having a fundraiser um, at the Five Guys at the University Park Mall in Mishawaka. Now, let me explain this. It, it doesn't mean that you have to go there and just give them money. You just go to Five Guys, tasty, tasty, delicious Five Guys, and who wouldn't want to go there and have a, a juicy, tasty burger anyway? You just go to Five Guys. That's all you got to do. 
is just go to Five Guys at the University Park Mall right here in Mishawaka um, and just order some food. Order whatever sounds good to you. And Northern Indiana Atheist gets a, a juicy slice of that juicy profit from that juicy burger that you get to enjoy no differently than you would at any other uh, time or day at Five Guys. You pay the exact same price that you otherwise would. I think um, NIA actually even gets like a bonus. Uh, it's like a percentage um, and then they also get like a bonus a dollar per milkshake. So if you order a milkshake, and not like I'd have to twist your arms terribly hard to want to treat yourself to a milkshake after your delicious juicy burger and fries, um, but they get like a straight up extra dollar out of every milkshake. And I think that's on top of the percentage they're already getting. So guys, I mean, Northern Indiana Atheists, if you're listening to this show, you know how passionately I support this organization. There are partners in, in producing this show they are doing good stuff. They are raising money for excellent causes like um, supporting homeless people and you know providing resources for them um, in these cold winter months and year round. They are doing excellent things. They're raising money for all kinds of wonderful causes. Uh, they do an adopt a family at Christmas time. They do stuff like this year round. Just go to Five Guys. Just, just make it a point. Circle it on your calendar, March 11th. Um, they're not going to promise you that they can talk to any dead people. They're not going to do anything other than tell you, hey, support us, order a burger. We're going to get a little bit of money and we're going to do good tangible things with this money. We're going to we're going to buy things that will help make people's lives better in meaningful, actual, literal ways um beyond just feeding them crocks of crap like what Mr. Livers does. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to kind of plug real quick. Northern Indiana Atheist fundraiser at the Five Guys in Mishawaka. It's Monday, March 11th. It's like the whole day, guys. It's a there it's it's 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. I have to assume without actually having fact-checked this. I I have to assume that those are basically just the hours that Five Guys opened um that day. It's 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can go the entire day just on Monday, March 11th. Just go get Five Guys Mishawaka University Park Mall, order a burger, order a milkshake, and support Northern Indiana Atheists. Tell them Ting sent you. We will be right back. On that note, um, after a few words from our sponsor, and then we will talk to my beautiful wife, and we will get her story. I'm going to go take some blood pressure medication, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, just wanted to take a minute to give you an update on Mixed Fabric, official sponsor of There Is No Godcast. They've started putting some shirt samples up on their uh, Facebook page, and they're gearing up towards announcing the Kickstarter. So go find them on Facebook, give them some feedback on which shirts you like, and I wanted to just reiterate that every shirt they produce is high quality and has been ethically sourced, so you'll feel good wearing and feel good buying them. And just remember, 10% of all sales will go towards nonprofit organizations that we care about, like the Freedom From Religion Foundation, the ACLU, and so on. Uh, thanks for checking them out. Back to the show. All right, we're back. Uh, joining us now on the show, as promised, the lovely Mrs. Ting. 
You, do you, I don't know. Do you, is, <laughs> that sounds kind of weird. Do you like that or do you not like that? I, I, this is your show, honey. This is, yeah, this but, is but, your rodeo. Yeah, I am the, just along for the ride. Yeah, but this is still your you. I mean, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Ting herself, Molly, everybody. Let's go ah, round of applause. Welcome to the show. How's it going, honey? Good, good. How are you? Thanks for coming on. You were a hard get. I was a hard get. Yeah, I had to talk. To, I had to go through your legal team. We had to do all <laughs> kinds of negotiations, but you know, we worked it out. Okay, listeners, don't be fooled. He was just like, "Hey, I don't have anyone to go on the show this week." No, 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 no. I actually, I've got quite. A, I've got a, a a little list. I've got a, a queue, as as the Brits would say, of people to uh, to interview. But but there is truth to that. I was just kind of behind on my usual production schedule. Usually I try to have these episodes at least started well farther in advance, but you know, life gets busy. Uh, I share my life with, with Mrs. Ting Molly. So she knows (laughs) how that can be um, with our, with our kids and our jobs and all of that stuff. So yeah, I was a little behind and I was thinking like, Hmm, who could I interview who I know is around and who I, whose schedule and availability I know um, and as I thought about this laying in bed, I looked over and there's another human being there. And then, you know, and you were like, Hey, you, Hey, you want to come <laughs> on the show? We, but we, in fairness, we had talked about you coming on the show. That's true. This is yeah. something that we had always wanted to do. Yes, it is. Um, and just before we came on the air, we were, uh, I was getting you a glass of water and we were doing the whole, you know, the green room experience. Um, and you were like, Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. I am a little nervous. Is well, that weird? No, that's not weird I'm at all. Nervous. I felt the same way. I mean, like it's a very, you know, it's a very personal story. It's a very vulnerable thing. You're very out, right? As an atheist. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, fair to say. You have been for a while. But uh, yeah, and so have I. But it's still, it's it's a very vulnerable thing to sit here in front of a microphone and like explain that to, to the potentially the whole world. That's true. And you know what? That kind of leads me into... Uh... Uh, prefacing my atheist story time a little bit by saying that like my my story is not uh, unique. It's not like exciting. Do you know what I mean? It's it's pretty yeah. run of the mill. It's pretty mundane. There wasn't like a a sudden moment of realization or enlightenment or there wasn't like a light bulb moment in my life where I like discovered sure. this about myself. It was something that kind of evolved with time and I sort of realized over a period of years and it's like really mundane, but I think it's still like worth telling. The, the, like, Absolutely. The, the how mundane my story is almost makes it more valuable because this shouldn't be so nerve wracking. This shouldn't be like a coming out moment. This should... This should just be, I'm just here to add my voice to help normalize what this is, which is just about as important as me, in my opinion, coming out as a blonde. Right, right exactly. Do you um, know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I, and I also think there's a lot of validity in what you're saying, that it wasn't, you didn't have like a big dramatic like aha moment or like a giant like coming out right. thing. It was really yeah. more of like, you know, you've got your jack in the beanstalks where the sh- it just shoots straight up in the air 100 miles per hour overnight, but then yours was a more like an actual tree growing, which is a lot more boring but a lot more realistic right that it was very gradual um and i think that that's how many people's journey is it's 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 not just like an instantaneous um decision that one just makes like flipping on a light switch oh sure yeah i mean it's it's and it's it's tantamount to people discovering many other things about themselves including like you know features or characteristics that have existed as long as they have existed they just didn't really have cause to think about them sure you know sure or even and i i'd hate to compare myself uh in this way to people who are much more marginalized than we are but like 
the process that Doug described when he came out as gay. No, no, no. You know what? That's I'm glad you said that because that's exactly where my mind went too. Yeah. That you know that there's all kinds of things that people kind of realize about themselves, and sometimes it can happen in a day. Sometimes it happens over ten or fifty years. Right. Um. And this is this is no one else's story but yours. Like you described it as not being unique. Uh. But it is. You know. I'm sure that there will be a lot of relatable aspects of it. Um, never mind your personal relationship to me as the host of this this show, you know, being my wife, but uh, it is unique, you know, like I'm sure that a lot of people will find a lot of comfort in hearing similarities between hopefully your story and theirs, um, but this story is yours. There are many like it, but this one is yours. It's, it's a, what, what is that, jarhead? Like, this is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. So this is, uh, this is no one else's atheist story time, but Molly's atheist story time, and I'm so glad you're here, even though you literally reside in this place i'm so glad i took the five-step walk over here from our bedroom well, it's true too. it's true you don't come in this room very often unless it's to feed the cats <laughs> this is this is where the cat's food is but other than that you really don't have cause to come in this room very much no that's true yeah. you, you don't go down this route <laughs> so thanks for being here it means so much to me um you know and I, I we can jump right in anytime but really uh earlier on in the show you were kind of making some comments to me after my my diatribe regarding Mr. Uh, Mr. Livers. I wondered if you wanted to yeah. talk about that at all real quick just to keep with the theme earlier on. She uh just for those of you listening, she was right outside, you know, as I was kind of getting all worked <laughs> up. And um what was it? Like when when I was done, you could kind of tell that I was done and she she, she I heard a tapping as if something something gently rapping. <laughs> rapping at my chamber door and she opens the door like with this really concerned look on her face like to make sure that I'm like medically okay. <laughs> it's like you she's, you okay? She's hen? like Are you you're doing okay, hon? She's like I I heard you. Are you all right? And I was like, "Yeah, did that was that okay?" And she's like "Yeah, she, you sounded pretty upset." And I was like, "Well, I I was pretty upset." <laughs> um what are I your had, thoughts? What well, are your thoughts? I had on just that? I had just finished putting the kids to bed and and the path geographically that I take from their bedroom to ours puts me right past this door and I could hear what some of what you were saying. And I knew because you shared that article earlier on in the week on Facebook about, um, what's his name? Dustin Livers. Yeah. Uh, and, and his, um, event that's coming up. Yeah. I thought you were going to say his powers. <laughs> no. That would have been way fun. I'm going to start referring to it as his powers now. Should I get quiet so you can like go back and dub in powers? No, no. I mean, I just said it. So there we go. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I knew about that and, and you know my feelings on the on the subject. Um, but they don't. Let's let's hear them. Oh, I mean, like it's just reiterating it's baloney, right? yours. Yeah, it's baloney. It's, yeah, it's, it's, baloney. it's, yeah. It's not fair to baloney. Baloney at least offers, you know, like physical sustenance. It's, yeah, gr- it's gross, but it's I would uh, beg to not, not as gross as what Dustin Livers does. Well, I like baloney. <laughs> We're not um, going to, I guess we don't need to debate the nutritional value of baloney. It's, it's more nutritional than what Dustin Livers does. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. All right. We're finding yeah. middle ground. Ting, bringing people together, bringing married couples together. Well, uh, um, yeah. So, so I, I did a little, I did a little digging. Did you? Um, on Dustin Livers and he come to find out is a, a pretty active, um, social mediaist. Like yeah. he has all the, the Instagrams and the Twitters and things like that. And, um, so I, I got on Twitter on the Ting Twitter account and tagged Dustin Livers. That's right. And I'm hoping, 
um, because of the way, I mean, what I heard when I passed by the door the other night when you were recording, I heard you, you call him out, uh, directly and say, yeah, and come I play, on my and I, show. And I play yeah. just for those, I, I played it for you. You've, you've heard the whole thing in its entirety right, at this right. point. Um, and you know, I think we're actually going to release this episode a couple days early. We usually release on Sundays, which is not an accident. I mean, we're trying to kind of be, um, sort of cheeky in our choosing Sunday as our day to release our, you know, atheist propaganda show. Right. But uh, I think we're going to make an exception for Mr. Livers. I have no illusions that people listening to the show, um, like, I don't think there's anybody who was otherwise going to go to this show who listens to this show, um, to, to, to Dustin's event. Like, I don't think anyone's going to hear this show and think, oh, because of this, I've been convinced oh, not no. to go. Oh, no. You know, and that crossed my mind, too, because they say, you know, any press is good press, right, even bad press right. is good press. And I didn't want to add to Dustin Livers's, you know, fan base in any way. But I don't think anyone who's here for what we have to say um, would is, yeah. would be interested in contributing just the same, to his campaign. But just the same, but, on, on principle, yeah. I want to release the show prior to his event happening, his travesty, his mockery of decency happening. Um, I want to release it before then, just because... Even if there literally were just happened to be because of, you know, tagging him on the Twitter, for example, maybe sure. maybe people who are fans of his are going to see this tag and be like, oh, well, what's this all about? And maybe there will be people listening to the show um, who will think about it in a way that they hadn't thought about it before to hear uh, Mr. Livers and what he quote unquote does uh, challenged in such a direct way. Right. No. It, it, and you're right. It's um, it's just fooey. It's woo. It's woo. It is nothing. Um, and there are there are seven billion people in the world, right? And yeah. if any of this were true in the the millions of years that the world has existed, if any of this supernatural power was true, we would have heard of it before that before now. Um, you know, before these last whatever how many thousand years people have been making this crap up. It's um it's it's crap and. I think that if any of it were true, it would be a lot. <laughs> I mean, it would be true. We yeah, if it, if it, it were true, it would be true. That quote I'm is like... going on the team Facebook page. <laughs> Molly, if it were true, dot dot dot, it would be true. Like we would see, we would see this publicized and right. and just spotlighted so much more than we do. It is, it is fooey. Yeah, it's... yeah. Like I said earlier, and you watched that movie with me, right? An Honest Liar, the James Randi oh, movie. Oh yeah, 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 I did. Just watch that movie. I, we, t- I already talked about it in the first segment, but just read or just sure. watch that movie. It's man. It, if he doesn't spell it out for you, I don't know what will. But um, you know, I did want to defend something, and then we'll get we'll get to your story because I forgot to do it earlier because I was busy, like you know, like having a mental breakdown during the first segment. But um, do you remember on his flyer? It said hellos from heaven, and there was an apostrophe in hellos. Oh, I saw whoever it was. Well, your voice just dropped like three octaves. No, you know what? I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to defend the use of that apostrophe. I stand by it. She's looking at me like she's getting, like signing divorce papers in her mind right now. Hellos from heaven. I want to point this out. Have you ever heard the expression, today's the day? Yeah, but it's a contraction. It's a contraction, right. Today is the day. Right? Yeah. So hello's from heaven. Hello is from heaven. That that works. That fits. The hello is from heaven. Yeah, but that was not intentional. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so they were accidentally. But he's a psychic. You'd think that he should have known that the the apostrophe was. Listen. All right. He's a psychic. He is not a writer. Molly just like used her mom voice. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, let's get to you. You're the, you're the, hey, Bobby Bo, you're the star of the show right now. Gosh, that was a big, that was, that was a, a weird uh, transition. 
that was a deep talking pull. about Dustin Livers and then because I was like because I was go- I was off in tangent land and I was yeah, like hey no. my, I was I'm like, like so squirrel, unprepared what were we talking about again? you you <laughs> my my lovely darling you um so where do you want to start I as as is typically oh, the case I usually discuss before I turn the floor over to my my atheist story time guest I usually kind of give some context about like the nature of my relationship or how we met I feel like that's relatively self-explanatory in this case you are my wife um we met uh, ostensibly we met in college earlier on right we went to the same school for a brief time yeah um and then your program was cut at at the school we went to siena heights university and so i had to transfer colleges i graduated from a different institution right right, right. across town yeah. it's like a montague and capulet type of situation <laughs> so we we met we ran in the same circle we were both theater and music geeks um so we knew of one another and right. then, um, what, fast forward to like three or four years later, I had just graduated, you were in your last year, and we just ran into each other just by pure chance at the movies. I even remember what I was, do you remember what we were seeing that night when I ran into you and Pete? 21. That's right! Circle gets the square. And then I uh, went home, and I, Facebook was new back then, but I was like, I wonder if that cute Molly girl is on Facebook. You yet. HMU. That's right. I hit me, hit me up. Hey, you up? <laughs> you out? And we started uh, started chatting on AOL Messenger back when that was still a thing. <laughs> Molly zero zero Elizabeth, I remember that was your. That You're was like your... giving away all kinds of personal information. A- AOL Messenger doesn't even exist anymore. It doesn't. No, it, it literally like it officially shut down like like eight or twelve months ago. I even remember posting about it whimsically, but uh, yeah. So that's how we met, and then we started dating, and you know we eventually are married. So that's how Molly and I know each other. <laughs> Um, and, you know, we know but, each other because we're married. But in terms of the uh, the religious journey that you went on, never mind the romantic waka waka wow journey that you and I went on, <laughs> um, that's how Molly and I know each other. But um, she was a practicing Catholic when we met, and I think that's the stage is pretty well set. Um, wherever you want to start, you take it away. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's just take it back to my completely normal and loving childhood. You know, like I I I had a completely normal, uh, very loving childhood. I have. I have no complaints. Any complaints that I do have uh, are kind of, uh, you know, first quote, world first world problems, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I, I was I was a victim of uh, upper middle class uh, privilege. But for the fact that I am a, a woman, you know, I have I have enjoyed like little to no marginalized, you know, anything i've 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 had nothing but privilege my entire life my parents were loving we had uh they they believe wholeheartedly in their faith and and they you know imparted that on my my siblings and i as we were growing up so sure. um so yeah we went through all of the traditional rites of passage as a catholic family we had um you know extended family that was deeply rooted in catholic tradition and we spent a lot of those rites and celebrations with them you know baptism reconciliation first communion uh and confirmation i went through confirmation um so yeah my Sa- sacrament bingo <laughs> i win yeah you, got you didn't one, make you got, it that far you, yeah that's right Oh man, and marriage. We had a we had a big old Catholic wedding, full mass and everything. Our wedding was awesome. Our wedding was gorgeous. Like, you know, the service was Catholic and I just kind of was, you know, I I could just kind of went with the flow on that one, but like our our wedding was unequivocally fantastic. Yeah. It's a great time. It's a great it day. Was. It was. Yeah. Good deal. All right. So anyway, 
So yeah, uh, growing up, I went to catechism uh, every Sunday. I participated. Um, I actually started out in Catholic school uh, when I first uh, started going to the lower elementary school. I went to a Catholic school. Then my family moved, and there wasn't a Catholic school nearby, so we ended up in public school. Um, my mother was the driving force behind uh, behind our, our family's faith and participation in Catholicism for a really long time. Uh, eventually, my dad uh, became a big supporter of that too. But, uh, but I remember um, in my youth and early adolescence, my dad didn't always go to church with us. And, and I thought that was kind of strange sometimes. Uh, and it wasn't until... Um, maybe my early teenage years and a little bit later that I started to actually think a little bit more logically, think a little more critically and start to have some questions and concerns about about Catholicism in general. I think what sparked that was, uh, was my parents' uh, choosiness about what parts of uh, those uh, Catholic mandates they followed when it came to keeping the Sabbath and things like that. Sure. So um, my dad didn't always go to church. Um, and then I remember when I was around 15 years old having a pretty big argument with my mom because she decided there were some days where we were too busy or whatnot to go to church. And, and I remember arguing with her that, like, this is serious business. You know, this is the afterlife. You guys have told me that I do not follow these rules. Oh, wait. So you were, like, on the pro-church oh, side of that argument. Yes. I should probably explain. I definitely had some feelings and some criticisms and some um, some questions and concerns, but it was because I was trying to, with every fiber of my being, follow and do these rules, these arbitrary things that I was told to blindly follow and do. Sure, as you should. And if you, if I, you believe there's a hell, then you, de- you definitely should I take these rules seriously. I was concerned because, you know, my parents were very much on the side of, you know, rearing their children to fear God. And I took that seriously because I, you know, I was was scared and I I you know I did what any good daughter would do and I believed every word my parents told me and I believed every word the church told me and I thought very seriously about all of this I thought this is this is everlasting life beyond right. death I took all of that to heart and I think later in college when I was a little bit more educated and a little bit more exposed to otherworldly thoughts and ideas and lifestyles, that's when I realized how ridiculous it all is, you know, sure. and how these these expectations that the church has of people, that the Bible has, you know, these um, mandates that have been imparted on people from for you know years and years and years are just they're unachievable they're unattainable it's right. it's unrealistic to expect a person in today's world to abide by all of these things and you know what people don't they don't and people who say that they do or that they are following all of these expectations set forth by the church and the Bible and, and, and liturgy, they're lying. Right. You know? And I suppose most believers, to play devil's advocate, no pun intended, would probably say, well, that, you know, perfection um, per- perfection and in uh, uh, adherence to those rules is not really what God expects, right? That, that right. you do the best you can. 
uh, that you love Jesus in your heart and that he died for your sins to like kind of wash the slate clean in terms of your, you know, your shortcomings. Right. And that kind of, you know what, I'm, I'm going about this in a, in a really uh, a, a different way than I had intended to. So let's go back to this argument I had with my mom when I was 15. Sure. Um, I, you know, <clears throat> I said to her, you have told me these things are true. You have told me that, you know, God will send me to hell to hell mom hell hell mom you know and H-E I was like double I know stick. I was like really serious about it and I was like I want to go to church I was up on Sunday morning I wanted to go she wouldn't take me because they had other things going on or whatever the reason which was in at fairness that time. like as adults we can recognize as practical right, right. That there's sometimes absolutely you just can't make it to church and I was in, like in listen you you are I, I was like my eternal fate is in your hands <laughs> I am not yet 16 I cannot drive God, you know drama queen <laughs> it was I was pretty ridiculous about it but seriously like this is this is the um um I almost feel like it's it was a mental health issue for me because I was I was brought up to believe those things well, yeah Catholicism is no that, joke that was that was serious business right you know? when you're indoctrinated into these mindsets from an early age and it's, it's certainly right. understandable right it was it was very much that I was um I was brainwashed you know it really was which we should probably point out has very negative connotations to it but we're not talking about anybody like doing these things with like with malice or with no. negative intentions no, my parents did what their parents did and what their parents did which was to bring us up in the only way that they felt that they that they knew was to regulate morality in our lives right and it was well-meaning like it, it was yes I think being the type of person, the type A person that I am, I took it to extremes as a child because sure. I was that I was that kid who 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 took school very seriously. I took things very serious. You know what I mean? I took this very seriously. Oh, um, I know. I'm um. What's what's the word I'm looking for? I'm married, married to you. <laughs> yes. So I, yes, I do know what you're talking about. But thank you for explaining because obviously the listeners don't know you well, and I I, I want them to. <laughs> so. I say as I push up my glasses Totes. in a nerd-like fashion. Hey. Yeah. No, I take those things pretty seriously. Um, you know, I, I like to be, I like things to be clean and organized and orderly and, uh, you know. Right. And like now that you're an atheist, you take like Harry Potter that seriously. Like that's, <laughs> you just kind of like. like Harry Potter yes. tattooed on my yes, body. Yes, yeah. for sure. There you go. So um, instead of a big old cross, I have like the Deathly Hallows. Anyway. 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 So yeah. So um, my mom was like, Molly, you need to lighten up. And I was like, not when we're talking about eternal damnation, stuff like that. And then I turned 16. I got my license a little while later and I started driving myself to church. And then I remember having a confrontation with somebody who was a leader in our parish. Um, she, she was um, like a kind of like a deacon, I suppose, if women could be deacons. But they can't. So she fulfilled a lot of the roles of that person in the church behind the scenes, and she handled a lot of the organizing of uh, Catholic education, youth education, things like that. Um, we had someone like that at our church, too. Um, so I can kind of I can kind of imagine exactly what you mean. Yeah. Sure. And I remember um, I remember kind of and I don't know how it happened, but coming into a discussion with her about some of my family and about how some of them had not been at church and I, or why I was there by myself that day. Oh, it was uh, daylight savings time and I showed up to mass late because I did not set my clock appropriately. So I showed up like at the end, 
You laugh because not much has changed. Because I'm still I'm not good at time management. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I was like 16 or 17 years sure. old. I came to church and she she talked to me about it. And I was there by myself. And she said something about how like, oh, you must not have set your clock back. And I did. I can't remember how the conversation went there because this was like, you know, decades ago, more than a decade ago at this point. Um you yeah, know what she like talked to me ago. about going to about scheduling reconciliation. You know, uh, Father so and so is in the box on these days, but you can always schedule time for reconciliation with him. And I was like, oh, um, like this was just an honest mistake that I missed the Sabbath today, but still made it in time for the, like the last bit of the homily. Right. You know. Um, and I and I was like, well, wait, wait a second, you know, like I I I am working my hardest to do all the things. <laughs> you know, right. I'm doing all the things, Linda. I didn't I didn't sin. Yeah. I just didn't forget to set my clock. Right, exactly. I'm not gonna go to and, hell for this, right? And she was, you know, it was just kind of like implied that like everybody sins, Molly. You have to go to reconciliation, and if you don't, then you're lying. And I was like, then why are we here? Why are we doing all of this? You know, and that kind of started my my. That was the first time I had been really made to feel unwelcome by someone, or I guess maybe maybe unwelcome's not the right word, judged sure. by a member of this community that is supposed to be all-inclusive and accepting. Um, and by all-inclusive and accepting, I mean of um, white Catholics. You know, White straight Catholics. White straight Catholics, right. thank you. Yes, and I, I was... Um, very much in that camp early on too, without really understanding the implications of having that, uh, that mindset, you know, and it started the ball rolling on thinking, um, about all of these things. And then I went off to college and I was exposed, like I said, to other lifestyles and, uh, just other cultures in general. Um, and I lived at school for a little bit and I was, uh, you know, I majored in music. So I was, uh, a you know, really active in <clears throat> music and theater. And that put me in uh, close range naturally to a lot of people of the LGBTQ community. And they became like my second family, my second home, some of the closest people to me. And I knew that none of them and probably most of them were more, um, had had a better sense of ethics and morals than a lot of the people that I knew from my church community because well, there were... and we should probably I I want to back up a l- just a little because I I feel like we should point out as in terms of I think it was actually me who mentioned you know white straight uh, Catholics we're not implying that any of the people who are involved with Molly's church or the church I went to that they're all just like ragingly racist and it, we're not implying anything of the sort but just we we <clears throat> both were raised in communities that were overwhelmingly predominantly white yeah you know we're not saying that there was like this active vocal aggressive racism but there but you know being white being straight being Catholic was definitely the norm in both of the communities where Molly and I were raised. So I just want to at least kind of clarify that, that we're not, no, that's true. We went to, we went to very small rural farming community, uh, you know, schools, churches. Uh, there wasn't a lot of exposure to, to culture, to ethnicity, to colloquial colloquialisms of those, um, of those communities, you know, at all. So there was a lot of uh, just inherent bias automatically. Right. But it's not to say that people of any ethnic or racial minority group would not be welcome at either of the churches that Molly and I were raised right. in. It's just, no. it's just definitely to say that minorities would definitely feel very, well, very that, very much in the minority, right? They right. Would, they would probably, yeah, you would not absolutely. blame them for feeling a little out of place in terms of the uh, the ratio of diversity amongst those crowds. 
Right. It was, uh, yeah, and that ratio was disparaging at best. I right. mean, it was, it was um, just, I think, a lack of information, which is kind of tantamount to how I was raised when I finally discovered that a lot of the, the, um, I'm not even sure if I'm articulating this well enough, but um, like a lot of those arbitrary rules that I was asked to follow as part of the uh, religious community, I, you know, I didn't really understand any different because I hadn't yet been exposed to those other, to other information. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then I guess getting back to where you were, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. I was no, trying fine. to find a good spot to go back because I was like, eh, I probably should clarify that part. <laughs> um, but you were in college and you started making a lot of LGBTQ friends and just that's where I think we kind of left off. Right. And it just, it just helped to clarify a lot of those thoughts that I was having when I was younger about being a part of this church community and about how a lot of people did not actually follow the, and, and practice those, they didn't practice what they preached, so to speak, you know, almost literally what was being preached to us was right. not being practiced by Maybe those among us preaching it. From, yeah. <laughs> so because it was unattainable, they were, they were, um, you know, unrealistic expectations. Right. And, and well, I, especially when you consider all of the Levitical law that I think as Chad and I discussed that yeah, people just ignore entirely, you they know, do. because by modern standards, you know, not eating bacon, not mixing fabrics, not eating shrimp, you know, doing this thing on Friday, but not this thing on other Fridays and going on Sunday and not do you know, like, it's just all so silly. Right. That right. It's, it's even modern Catholicism kind of just become like a buffet of cherry picking, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I started to think a little bit more logically, think a little bit more critically. I never had, like I said, I never had that aha moment like, hey, I'm an atheist. I just started to think like, you know what? I don't really align with this community anymore. I more align with this community. I fit better in with them. I feel better about myself when I am around them. I'm going to spend more of my time with them. Right. You know, I'm going to devote less of my Sunday morning time with this other group who make me feel like I am in constant conflict with myself. And I'm going to start being around the people who make me feel good, right. who make me feel like I'm doing a good job and that I'm a good person. Who wouldn't suggest that you have to schedule an apology appointment because, exactly. because you overslept right. On daylight savings. <clears throat> so I did. And I met you and I met all of our group of friends from that area. And sure. I still keep in touch with a lot of them. And a lot of them helped in this development of myself. And this all this wasn't all about religion. There were parts of me that I developed outside of just faith and religious practice too. And I think all of this is about like that transition from adolescence into adulthood for anyone. Anyone goes through these processes and not all of them involve religion. And I kind of went sure. through that. And it helped me kind of characterize my personality that I've sort of come to be comfortable with and carry with throughout the last decade or so of my life. And, um, you know, we met, we got married. Um, it was very important to my family that, uh, we had that, that, you know, next rite of passage within the, within Catholicism, even though I think technically I was a practicing Catholic, but I wasn't, um, you were well on your way. I would say if I'm thinking about it at that point, that in terms of your, your, doubting and your questions and things like that. Yeah, I wasn't letting them just get away with all of these mandates. And I, I was kind of starting to cherry pick what it was that I thought was appropriate to follow and believe. Um, and I still tried to go to mass uh, pretty regularly. You did, you did. And you know, I think a lot of that was just, 
I think a lot of that was nostalgia, to be honest, because a lot of, I mean, it was just a part of my life for so long, it was hard to give that up. And there's still a part of me now as an adult, as an atheist adult, who is uh, fascinated with elements of Catholic tradition, liturgical music, you know, being, uh, you know, someone with a bachelor's degree in music, I feel... it's gorgeous. um, I feel like there is not even I feel like there is a lot of historical significance to religious and liturgical music. And it's uh, it kind of was a, a foundation and a springboard for a lot of other, you know, types of music to become what they are today. And we wouldn't have a lot of elements of music that, today if it were not for religious music. Sure. Musically, I mean, atmospherically, I mean, churches are gorgeous. They're gorgeous Absolutely. buildings. Absolutely. You know, yes. And, and like I've said many times on this show, there's a lot of good stuff at church. You know, a lot of what they're preaching is just basic morality. And we can all get behind. You know, right. We all have a lot more in common, right. I think, yeah. than we have... Uh, that divides us. And so I try to, I try to take brief moments to focus on those positive aspects where, cause I think, you know, I, I think I mentioned in my atheist story time, I went to church with you a few times. Um, and you had always known that I was an atheist. Um, and we're always very accepting of that. And I don't, we, we, we both agreed kind of before we came on the air that we were going to be very careful about not airing, you know, too much, too many stinky items of our dirty laundry. Oh, sure. Um, but I think it's, it's not really super controversial to say I think that because I'm an atheist, and at the time we got married, I was an atheist, and at the time we were married, you were a Catholic. That I I take a lot of the I take a, the brunt of the blame, I guess you could use it for anyone who would use the word blame in terms of you not being a Catholic anymore. Um, but I'm glad that you're here to kind of tell this fuller version of the story because really I feel like I had very little to do with it in the big picture. You know, because like you said, you're describing all of these things and all of these um, processes that you went through in your mind over the years. Um, right, yeah, right. And I was always very supportive of the fact that you continued to go to church, even after we got married. You know, that would be something that you would always do. And I'd be like, I would be like, okay, we'll see you. You know, see you later. And there were, there were times where you'd ask me to go with you because it would just be nice to have someone to go with. Right. You know. But yeah, I, um, you know, I mean, there were, there were elements of my uh, later teenage years, early college years that really uh, were indicative of some hypocrisies in the church that came out in um, my relationship with my parents that I won't go into detail with, but had to do a lot with my choices as a young adult um, and and several mistakes that I made as a young young adult. Rite of passage. Exactly. Um, You know, but it was all part of that learning curve. And I feel like my parents' response in the name of God uh, to those situations were... um, extreme right you know right which is appropriate because it's if you know if if it is their belief that if you do this then that then you could understand why that you know anyone could understand why they feel that way um right given the tenets of their faith and my response to their to that you know extremity was that was you know but i can always apologize for this and i didn't quite understand um, and that was kind of one of those one of those moments of realization that like it doesn't matter people people will use a lot of a lot of these teachings to um, you know create the world they want you know to to justify creating the world they want or to justify creating the response they want in the people that they are raising and right and it was just kind of this this realization that all of this is so arbitrary. And so it's almost like they're not really looking at the teachings and then seeing what is the outcome. They're like starting with the outcome that they want and then kind of tailoring the teachings 
to guide you towards that outcome. Right. And it's it's and it's that same process that allows I think a lot of people to cherry pick which parts of the Old and New Testament they align themselves with. Right. Well, you know? that was just a different that was just a different age. Exactly. That was a different society. Well, but then on the other hand you're saying God's word is perfect and eternal. So like which one is it? You right. Know? Right. There are just there're just just a lot of conflicting thoughts and I started to 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 really take those to heart. And I tried, I tried so hard to follow the word and follow and have faith. But before long, I was just going through these practices when you and I were married in our early, like early on in our marriage, I was just going through these practices just to, just to make myself feel better about doing them. But I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. My head wasn't in it. I wasn't, I didn't have faith. And at some point I kind of just had to come to terms with that and realize like, I don't actually believe you know, I, I like being here and doing these these rituals and being a part of this community, but I don't actually believe in any of this. I don't believe the people that I associate with on a regular basis through my work are bad people for the choices they've made, you know, or for for the elements about themselves that they cannot change. Right. And um, I believe that the choices they've made uh, basically define themselves as good people. You know, the actions that they have that they have made are, you know, qualities of good people. What you would expect church people to do, you know. Sure. And uh, and I just I just started thinking, you know, this is yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come here anymore. I'm not gonna do this anymore because just showing up here. Just physically being here in this building doesn't make me a good person. Right. You know? So I stopped going. And and slowly I started reading more and thinking more. And we started talking more. And I can't even remember, honestly, the first time I actually uh, said, yeah, I'm an atheist. I'm sure that happened at some point. There was never that moment where I realized, hey, I'm an atheist. Yeah, even, you to, know? even to me. Yeah. And that's why and, uh, I, that's and why I, I never said, said that like, to you. No, we never really had that big moment because, you know, there was there was not this like constancy or this agenda, certainly on my side, even right. as your husband. I was never like, hey, so are you an atheist yet? You know, like is it is it official yet? Like we never had that conversation. It just I think at just some point it was just kind of understood. Right. And you never pushed me to label myself that way. We never really had those discussions that like you wanted me to be that you know, in any way. Um, but I, I can certainly think of moments in time where people have uh, asked me what church I go to. And I said, oh, actually, I'm an atheist. And I think, uh, you know, even as, as little as five years ago, I probably wouldn't have said that so brazenly. Sure. But um, I'm becoming a lot more sure of this. And I feel like I want to, there's a taboo around around that label. And there there is um, an aversion to that word. It's a dirty for word. For people. And I don't I I feel like I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty kind person. I do my best to be to be good and to be kind and to do things that are good and kind for other people and to model those behaviors for my students. I'm a public school teacher. You know, I, if, if nothing else, I am trying to make the world a little bit better one class of 30 kids at a time, you know? And I I feel like embodying that word myself helps to bring that taboo down just one degree. Right. You know? Right. And you and I have talked a lot, even as this show was kind of in its infancy, um, in the theoretical stage, that that was kind of the whole point, right, of, of wanting to do this show is to kind of take the word atheist back, right? Exactly. You know, like there's, it's, it just means 
I mean, a theist. It's just, it's really, it's a Latin, it's a Latin derived word that just means we don't believe in God. Like, right. it doesn't have to be such a dirty word. And we, we, and Molly's, uh, she left one attribute off of her of her list, which is humble, um, because she's describing herself in very, very humble terms. But let me get, let me tell you guys, oh, I mean, if thanks, the fact honey. that I am married to her <laughs> is not indication enough, uh, we are talking about you know, the, the best human being on the planet for my money. Um, they don't make people better than her. Uh, and so I'm telling you, if, if, if she as an atheist is not a good person, then I don't, then I don't want to be a good person. <laughs> like if, if being, if, if just not believing in God is all it takes, oh, her cheeks are getting You're all red. You're making me blush oh, a little. Gosh, I love you. <laughs> I love I'm saying you it too. on the air because I love you. Oh, I love, I'm like Tom Cruise with Katie Holmes up on the couch. You're, All the right. be- you're the best. That's a new kind of crazy. That is a new kind of crazy. We should probably spend a different show on. Scientology? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, the, you're the best, honey. Oh, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me here to share this. I know it's not anything, like, spectacular, but I feel like, you know, the more we do this and the more people are like, yeah, hey, yeah, when, you know, so-and-so from you know, the business runs into me in, you know, in right. whatever building and says, Hey honey, I just, you know, I just moved here. My sister just moved here. What parish do you go to? And I say, this literally happened. She was like, what church do you go to? And I was like, Oh, um, actually I'm an atheist. We don't go to church. And she was like, nah, ah, and she's like, but you seem so Christian. And I was like, Oh honey. <laughs> and I took a minute to be like, no, honey, I'm just, I just try to be a good person. That's because morality existed before Christianity. And- <laughs> And, you know, it will exist after Christianity. Right. You know. And you know what, though? Like, people are not, people are not bad. Not all people are bad. Not all people are inherently judgmental of no, others for not no, having hell faith. No. Sure, this word has um, a, a connotation among our, our communities right now as it stands in society. But ultimately, um, living the way I've lived and owning this label the way I have the last several years in, um, you know, has, has proven to me that people will accept me no matter what no ma- you know no matter my affiliation with religion in right. in my workplace i was really worried about coming out as an atheist or at least just acknowledging that i am an atheist in my workplace and um it's not then so I bad. Just, I just started not caring about that and like, you know, sharing different articles on Facebook and uh, speaking a little bit more politically and about my political alignments and why with people when right. they had those conversations. I wasn't, just owning it. I wasn't shying away from owning my opinion and contributing to the conversations that were around me. And even, and I think I told you this just not long ago, uh, someone was, oh goodness, I can't remember the context of the situation, but I was in a work meeting and they were talking about, um, I can't remember something that had to do with religion and, uh, and they were going around the table saying something about like what they were doing for Christmas. And when they got to me, they said, Molly, what are you doing on your holiday? And I didn't, that the distinction, the difference in the way they asked the question to the other people around the table. And then they they asked me without my having ever, you know, spoken up to that end. Uh, because I say Merry Christmas regularly to people, but they did that when they got to me and I noticed the difference right away and I asked them about it later and they said, you know, we've just picked up on some of the things you said and we noticed that, I don't know if you call yourself an atheist or if you're just non-religious, but we wanted to be sensitive to that for you. That's and I was amazing. Like, that was really thoughtful, you know, and I, I thanked them for it and I said, you know, you, you know, I, I told them, I say Merry Christmas, I, I help, I don't think any different about anyone for the way they celebrate or what they celebrate and I appreciate you being so thoughtful of me but just know that and they were like oh no we didn't we just wanted you to know 
that we know. Yeah, just kind of a passive acknowledgement. That's wonderful. And And it was great. Yeah, it kind of goes, harkens all the way back to the very first episode of the show, which we talked about, um, you know, the war on Christmas. And obviously you were very much a part of those conversations with me off air in terms of when when Christmas was present. Um, But, you know, I, I remember saying very distinctly, it was a big part of what I wanted the message to be in the very first show that like, I'm, you know, don't, don't mistake me at all. Christian, Muslim, Hindu, atheist, you know, Martian, I really just believe in the inherent goodness of most people. And I stand by that sentiment that most people are just good people. And a lot of people who have uh, kind of preconceived notions about atheists um, really just have never probably been exposed to, you know, atheists on any kind of regular basis and probably just, you know, it's... yeah. Hearing stories like yours is what's going to help people understand that, you know, atheists are just people like anyone else. Sure. Absolutely. That's you know, the most I can hope to contribute to is that mindset. Um, and, you know, you doing this show has sparked a lot of conversations and discussions in our lives, in our personal lives with um, our friends and groups of people who we have, we have now become associated with and new friends that we've made through this endeavor. And somebody, uh, I can't remember, somebody was asking me about... Um, how I how I became an atheist recently um, in less specific terms we were just kind of talking about it and this person asked like you know what 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 it was that made me just give up the church because they're tentative you know they're you know they they are nervous about going down that road and I said well you know like I didn't believe it anyway so my being there was already you know a falsehood <laughs> it was it was Hello. already misrepresenting myself. And, um, and then I said that I found the community that I craved within that fit my mindset, that fit my belief system. And, and that was the atheist community. And they said, like, they responded with like, wow, man, you never, you don't think about atheists having a community, you know, because I, I valued all of those aspects of, of organized religion when I was a part of it. I valued the group, you know. Yeah, and there's kind of the key word that you just used there is organized, right? And and you can understand exactly. why people would be skeptical of that notion because it's hard to organize a group of people based on their lack of belief in something. Um, but, you know, no pun intended, God bless the internet, right? I mean, like it's made it a lot exactly. easier for people to find like-minded people and to come together. And we love, we love that sense of community. It, Molly and I are very... Um, very, very glad and very grateful for the group of friends that we've discovered through our atheist communities. Um, it's a big part of doing this show is our support from Northern Indiana Atheists. Sure. Um, who and we have a lot of great friends over there. Yeah, I shared those resources with this person, American Atheist, Northern Indiana Atheists. I shared a lot of the Facebook groups that we are a part of. And I said, there are so many, there are there are groups of people. I mean, what is it in Kalamazoo? You don't Sun- even know. You don't, you just, you <laughs> know, don't even right? know. Kalamazoo has Sunday Assembly, which right. is not too far from here. And that is, that is they physically get together on Sundays yeah. um, to have that piece of the puzzle that we may be missing as as a, a group of people who have this one concept in common. Sure, because you've got a lot of these people who are just like, well, yeah, maybe I don't believe snakes can talk um, and all that kind of stuff, but I just really like all my friends and all my peers at church and I exactly. don't want to... Exactly, yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, all right. Well, I mean, do you have anything else? Is, is uh, Do you have anything else you want to share for your story? No, I mean, at this point, I'm just going to keep talking to you like like we're just sitting in a room talking to each other at home, which we're doing. So. Well, hey, good news, <laughs> because you are actually physically here in the studio. This is the first non-remote interview I've done. We can actually wrap up the show right here. Um, you get to stay. Ba-ba-da-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. So we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks again to... 
the Mrs. Ting for being here. Um, <laughs> I do want to give a couple different credits. We obviously always want to remind you to support Northern Indiana Atheists. You can find them on Facebook or at uh, northernindianaatheist.com. Don't forget about the fundraiser coming up at the University Park Mall. Um, five guys, definitely mark that on your calendars. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's Monday, March 11th. I'll make sure and put that in the show notes as well. We also want to definitely give credit to uh, Shelly Siegel, um, who is a, a beautifully um, talented atheist artist, and uh, we were given permission by her very graciously to feature some of her music on the show. The song you heard featured on today's show is Afterlife uh, from her album, An Atheist Album. So that's, I mean, it doesn't get more doesn't get more <laughs> on the nose than that. Uh, she is wonderful. I've listened to a lot of her songs. That was instantly my favorite of the, I've probably listened to five or 10 at this point, And that one just really stuck out to me. It's got an awesome, very catchy, very ska type of almost like a early no doubt type of sound to it. So if you want to hear more of her music, and I really hope that you do, you can check her out several different places. You can find her on Spotify. Uh, you can download her music on Bandcamp. You can buy hard copies from her website, www.shellysegal.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-S-E-G-A-L.com. Um, alternatively, you can also support her on Patreon. I'm a, I'm a Patreon subscriber. I'm very proud to support Atheist Artists, and she's a wonderful uh, example of one. So if you want to hear anything more from her, we will continue to feature her on this show. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. So we definitely want to give credit where it's due. That's all we've got for you this week. Um, Molly, do you want to, do you want to have any parting words? Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at no Godcast. Thanks to Tanner for that one. You can also find us on Facebook, um, at no Godcast. If you search that, it should bring us up. Um, I think that's all we've got for you. Hey everybody. Thanks for joining us. This was a long one, but you know what? It was worth the journey. Um, that's what she said. (laughs) Uh, And we will see everybody next time. Don't stop not believing.